0: Okay, so we're getting ready here to hear the second, or actually it's going to be the third half of Malachi Martin and... He cannot die in
1: the normal way, Um, and he will come forth at the right time. The right time being the time appointed within God's general providence for the human race. Alright, maybe this
2: following question will will help. Um, yeah. please ask Father Martin exactly what are demons? Are they the spirits of deceased evil men now prodigies of Satan, or are they created by Satan? How are they in effect born or do they come to be? The
1: belief the Christian fundamental Christian belief is as follows. Uh, God decided to create this world, this cosmos, of planets and stars, and of Earth in particular. And he decided that he would create on that particular planet, this small little planet, by the way, he decided to create a, a race of men and women that would have bodies that were mortal, and would have spirits that were eternal and immortal. Now, the nature of God in Christian theology is such that he simply doesn't himself do things directly. He does it through agents, through emissaries. He always acts with secondary causes, as they say. A primary cause such as God acts through secondary causes. Now, he decided to confide the direction and the care and the running of this complicated universe of ours, this complicated Earth of ours, he decided to confide that to a special series of beings he would create, namely angels. And they were created too, but they had no bodies, only souls. And of course, will and intellect and memory and the imagination of an intellectual kind. And they would have care and direction of this human race. But there was one outstanding fact about this human race that he let the angels know about, namely that he himself would allow his son to become a member of the human race. And therefore that the angels would have to adore somebody with a body, who was human, who was mortal. And one particular angel, the chief angel, whose name in scripture is given as Lucifer, son of the dawn said no i haven't got a, a mortal body i'm not limited in age like this godlet i will not serve and he revolted and there was therefore the war which god allowed again because god there's a mystery about god art and it's why he permits certain things to take place Yes, but we should enter it. That's another question. Let's not. That's a side issue for the present moment. And there was a war, and one third of the angels revolted and were condemned, of course, because they couldn't defeat God. And God's war was uh, symbolically and uh, metaphorically conducted by a chief angel called Michael, who said to Lucifer, Mikael who can be like God?" Because Jerusalem said, I'm going to be like God. I will not adore. Uh, I, I will I will be like unto God. And Michael says, his name means in ancient Semitic and in Hebrew, who is like unto God? Mikael. Who can be like God? So the angels, therefore the bad angels, were, therefore, expelled from God's presence. But they still had a function. They were still, by nature, destined to work with men and women. Still are tied to the destiny of this cosmos, and this Earth in particular, this particular planet, they're tied to that by destiny. But now that destiny is to try and snatch man's allegiance, woman's allegiance, from Christ, from God. And hence we have this entire battle of good and evil. Yes, we do. And uh, there's no doubt about it, Art, between you and me and the Holy Spirit, to invoke that saying again, that in this world, As I we finally know it's either Christ or Lucifer. Mm -hmm. By the way, I use the word Lucifer, the name Lucifer, much more than Satan. Satan is a general term, by the way. It means, in Hebrew, it means adversary. That's all it means. Whereas, when you do exorcisms, you find out that there are two demons. There are many other demons, but there are two demons. One who responds to the name of Lucifer. And he's the big hauncher. He's the big uh banana and there's another one who's not as big but very important called satan they're distinct demons and they're very distinct difference and you know that touch and lucifer his symbol by the way is the scorpion it kills the symbol of satan is the snake the all right the snake.
2: uh let us then move back to the question that 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 and that is, yes. why is God so apparently tolerant of these wars, of these evil things? Yes. Uh, yes. If he has this power, why why the, the tolerance? This has been studied and argued over since about the 3rd century AD.
1: That's about uh, almost uh, 15, 1,700 years. And as far as you can find out from reading all day, the people who have written about it and meditated about it, the same and theologians, and the churches, the various churches. The idea is this. Sure, God could create a race of beings who would never commit sin, who would never revolt, who would be His completely. But apparently, God likes certain things above other things. He likes to exercise mercy. And number two, He wants to be chosen freely. But all of that implies ego. It does. And it implies that God says to a man, look, you can reject me. You're free. I give you this power of free will. You can say, no, I will not serve, like Satan, like Lucifer. You can say that. On the other hand, you can say, yes, my Father in Heaven, my Savior Jesus, my Holy Spirit, I want to be submissive to you. I want your love. I want your blessing. I want to be your daughter. I want to be your son. So then, uh, our our God he value, he values that
2: utterly
3: really free choice.
2: So then, our God may have ego, may wish to be worshipped in that manner, but we may not, and certainly you, as a Catholic priest, may not.
1: For for that no. would be a sin. That would be a sin of my part. But you see, our the, 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 the awful truth A-W-E not A-W-F-U-L but A-W-E full the awful truth the awesome truth is that God owes nothing to nobody and by the way he has pets he has the French writer Paul Claudel who wrote a a, a, a thing about a play about uh, Christopher Columbus and in here there's one phrase he used I a shoo God has pets by the way art so, so do I I save there's certain people I want to be with, other people I don't want to be with. people sure. I hate them. But we know we all have our choices. Sure. And we have this place, and God has that choice too. And therefore, he makes his choices. For instance, in the Gospels, Christ, his favorite was John. Peter wasn't his favorite. He was his choice to be uh, head of the apostles, but not his favorite. John was. Uh, 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 and but, but, so, God is peculiar in this sense. And number two, he has this this insistence that I choose him freely I can reject him forever for eternity but he wants me to say no I will willingly adopt what you say I find it difficult I don't like the hand you've dealt me I don't like this polio I don't like this fallen womb I don't like this cancer I don't like my bankruptcy I don't like the infidelity of my husband or the infidelity of my wife I don't like what my children have become I don't like what people have done to me personally, justly and unjustly, but I accept it as from your hands and I will do my best to observe your will. He wants that submission. And that, by the way, Art, is the most difficult thing to do. And by the way, I, I think you know and I know, I know in my own way and you know in your way because you're fully, you've lived life fully, there's nothing so beautiful, there's nothing so there's nothing so sweet as somebody who says to you, look, sure, um, you know, I like you. you, you you're, you're, you're beautiful. You're good in your own way and attractive. But I choose you merely because I choose you. I want to be with you and not with somebody else. That's, That's right. That somebody says, I love you. And it's not because you've got a beautiful body or much money in the bank or a rich family or whatever, whatever. But simply, you know, I just like you. I like you. It's love, freely chosen and given, yes. That is a beautiful thing. And whether it's a little dog that does it to you, or a, a man or a woman, it hits our heart immediately to be the object of free choice by somebody who can walk away from you. So love is the most powerful thing for us. Ah, it's the most powerful thing. That's why I must confess you, Art, uh, that after all the exorcisms and all the muck and the dirt and everything else, The thing that demons abhor is almost a cliche for us true human love. Love. They indulge in the most terrible and contemptuous language to show their smirking contempt and dispisement of it. Every form of it, its psychophysical and its mental form, everything. Father, every
2: time, and there are are many tragedies that occur. I report on them as a talk host. Uh, People killing people, suicides, uh, children tossing children out of windows and all the Um, Every time that happens, I get a fax from a fellow named Mark, who uh, declares himself to be an atheist. And he will inevitably say, if God is so great and so powerful, why in the world would he allow Hitler, for example, to murder over 6 million innocent people. And you yes. just
1: answered that question, didn't you? Yes, I did. And it, 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 uh, it, 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 the point is, it's God's choice. I wouldn't have chosen, chosen it. I, I would not. But this is God's choice. And he's supreme. You know, there's one scene in the death of Christ, in the, in the life and death of Christ, where he was on his way to being crucified. And crucifixion was a nasty thing. But he met some women from Jerusalem along the way that were crying because they knew he had cured their children and consoled them and spoken the words of wisdom. And he said, don't cry for me. I'm the Greenwood. You're the dry. And if they do this to me, what are they going to do to you? It's it's a frightening thing for the gentle Christ to say that. And uh, it's the truth. There are things that happen. We deplore them. I deplore them. The whole show that got the Holocaust. I deplore that the little boy Dayton Bennett was just beaten and starved by his mother, progressively until finally she went to the hospital with a dead body. Now she's up. She's being hauled in, uh, accused uh, allegedly of murder. And it does seem to be that. Why did God allow that? And you know what a priest like me has to do in a case like that? What? I say to Christ, please unite Dayton's, and I did Dayton's sufferings with your suffering to save souls All right, Father, hold it right there to uh,
2: Father Malachi Martin Father, uh, yes. I have a very specific question for you mm-hmm. I suppose it's going to end up sounding like a book plug but I, I, I've I've, <laughs> written, I've written a book that's going to be coming out Monday you, Oh lovely, tell uh, me the name of it It's called The Quickening
1: mm-hmm. The Quickening Tell me no about no it alright
2: I shall. Um, here, here we go. This is sort of a culmination. It's something that poured out of me, or had to come out of me. Um, I've been a talk show host doing this radio show and its present incarnation for about thirteen years, and I have found that in every, every single human area of endeavor, socially,
0: economically,
2: politically, uh, the weather, um, earth changes. Um, our ecology, which is going absolutely uh, uh, crackers. In every area of human endeavor, things are moving faster exponentially. That's right. And I began to talk about it on the radio, and finally I gave it a name and I called it The Quickening. And everybody was asking me, well, what do you mean, what do you mean, The Quickening? Yeah, and I've answered it a million times. Finally, I sat down and I wrote a book, Father. Um, I'm just a talk show host. I documented. What I mean by the quickening, I think rather well in this book that's coming out. Don't call yet, folks. It's not here yet. And by the way, who's the publisher? Um Paper Chase Press. Paper Chase Press. Paper Chase Press. I'll get you a copy. No, I don't I, don't, I want to buy it because I'm an author. No, 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 no.
1: I believe hey, in buying books from people I love <laughs> and know. Tell me what you got an ISBN number for it.
2: Um I, I, yeah. I don't want to give it a, Father, I'll give it to you privately. I don't want to give out any any numbers tonight. Anyway, my point for saying all this is that that poured out of me. It's like I had to do it, and I know I know the feeling. And so something is coming. I don't know what it is or when it'll be here, but I know that we're beginning to race toward it at an ever faster rate. And I think that's it. It's it's. I think it might be spiritual.
1: You're a prophet in your own right, without knowing it. You are, really, because uh, I have shared that view uh, long before I ever got to know you at all, uh, and I am convinced of it from the evidence emerging from exorcisms and from what the spirits are telling us, uh, a demonic, a, a demoniacal though they may be. Well,
2: again, it said, we shall, no man shall know the time, but, but I've got this feeling that it's coming
1: nigh. I mean, I... I, I... It is coming nigh. There's no doubt about that quickening i'm going to not steal but adopt your phrase immediately yes. we're in the quickening <laughs> yes.
2: there's no doubt about that all right father i would like to open the lines uh, and let you talk to some folks out yeah, there okay I whatever you all right i'll uh, let us do some of that then east of the rockies you're on the air with uh, uh mother malachi martin
4: Hi father, this yeah. is Suzanne calling you. Um, I was really interested. i talked to my or tried to talk to the priest in my parish about this yeah. and I was interested in your thoughts and your teachings about the scriptures' warnings of false prophets. Yeah. And also, um, I'm noticing a number of people, particularly on television, and they seem to be like trying other communicating with accuracy scary enough with dead spirits, particularly people who've lost relatives. And I wanted to know what you thought about that. All right, all right.
2: What is that, Father? Well,
1: I'll tell you, here's the difficulty, my friends. I want to explain three levels to you, three levels of existence. Listen, I'm sitting at a table here. I have a telephone in my hand. An artist is sitting where he's sitting, and this uh, lady is sitting where she's sitting, or lying in bed, wherever it is. And we have the physical all around us, the dimensional. You know what I mean? The world, the earth, the earth. uh, Material beings. Sure. That's nature. And our bodies too. Now there's a thing called the supernatural. And it is God's existence. It is a a level of existence above ours to which we have been invited. There is then, and uh, the angels are on that, and God is on that, and and, uh, our beloved ones... um, reached heaven are on that level. In between, there is what we know as the middle plateau. What is the middle plateau? The middle plateau is the region of existence marked by the following. Those on it exercise preternatural, not supernatural, preternatural powers like uh, telekinesis. Remote viewing. Remote viewing. Channeling. Uh, some of them have teleport. They actually can transfer themselves bodily. Now, these powers are remnants. Those who have them, like for instance, uh, Edmund Casey is an outstanding example right. of, of one power that is simply medical knowledge that, I mean, he didn't get from any stud, study from a university he had it, it was a gift or the savon we have but they this, these gifts these preternatural gifts now are exercised only by demons and those with whom demons uh, uh, communicate except that there are people like an Edmund Casey there are people I have known personally uh, who have what we call psychic gifts of perception. They will know at a distance. I have a sister, for instance, who will always know if I'm ill. And not because I write her a letter. There is is this connection between her and me. She just knows. She just knows. And uh, mothers have it sometimes for their children, and fathers for their wives, and uh, people related relate by blood. But there are are further gifts, though. There are other gifts, telekinesis, and uh, uh, there's also some people uh, have uh, participation in the gift which they, they can develop, unfortunately, of affecting physically at a distance. And we sometimes we refer to that as the curse. So this middle area
2: uh, is, is is neither good nor evil, no. but per- perhaps has most
1: things both? Yes, it is. It's utilized by the demons. And if I can be attracted to that plateau and exercise those gifts,
5: if I have some of them, and a lot of us have remnants of these in our, in our beings,
1: I can be deceived. I can be taken over. Uh, that's why channeling and remote viewing is so dangerous, or things like the Ouija board or Transcendental Meditation. Why? Because you open up your mind and soul. You say, come in, whoever you are, come in and talk to me. Yeah, and when you've got an open door, you never know who might
2: walk through.
4: You don't know. All
2: right, get a little away from the phone for me. Yeah, sure. And uh, here we go again. First time caller line. You're on the air with uh, Father Malachi Martin. Hi. Yes, sir. Hi, Hi. Uh, Reverend yes.
0: Father Marsha yes. Mr. Art Bell. Yes, sir. Yes, I wish I could yes, send sir. a nice continental oh. breakfast over there. Uh, I bet the sun is going to be coming up over the high, Hi, year. Brother, Please take oh. a continental breakfast just right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, Reverend Martin, your allegiance to Jesus Christ is inspiring, and uh, I hope I'm not being objectionable to your years of learning and study or unaware of your help to those in need, sir. Uh, This has to do with the cunning and sometimes extremely subtle influence of Lucifer or Satan. Yes, sir. sir. Now, dear sir, I have a question. Perhaps rhetorical. concerning the Vatican's treaty with Benito Mussolini in 1929 that was negotiated with representatives of the Vatican. That's right. Right. By terms of this Lateran treaty, did I pronounce that right? You did. Absolutely correctly so far. Okay, follow me here. The Roman Catholic Church was made the state religion in Italy. Mm Mm-hmm. Then comes World War Two, where Mussolini cozied up with the Nazis and eventually the Allied forces fought right on the Italian boot or soil. Why didn't the Pope, or should I say the Vatican, put a stop to this disastrous letting of blood of our own men and women? All right, good question. Okay, doesn't this point out to us the fact that Lucifer can imbue his demonic influence right to the top of even our ecclesiastic leaders at
2: times. Sounds like you may have uh, read Windswept House. And the answer is absolutely yes.
1: You're right. Lucifer can and does. And uh, I, I said to Art at an earlier exchange uh, this morning uh, that politicking prelates Of any kind are abhorrent to God and have nothing really to do with the salvation of Jesus. Uh, I
2: agree with you, sir. Father,
3: um,
2: I've got an article here entitled Two Eminent Churchmen Agree. Yes. uh, That there actually is, this is a shocker to a lot of people. Yes. uh, That there is, there are satanic practices going on at the Vatican. Could that be true? Yes. Do you, want to, you want to say that? Uh, if, if I was a lawyer and you were on the witness chair, I'd say, would you say you know, it's that?
1: It's, it's, it's out loud, yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Now, when we say in the Vatican, it's at a certain level. And um, there's no doubt about it that there have been and still are practices that are uh, formally uh, venerating. Lucifer, the prince of this world. There's no doubt about that. The Vatican itself has about eight resident exorcists. And uh, it it uses those both there and in the two other cities that are devil-ridden in Italy, Milano and Torino, Milan and uh, Turin. But there's no doubt about it that Satanic or Luciferian practices, because it's really of the prince, and his name is Lucifer. It's really of the prince that these, uh, in veneration of him, and the service of him, that these actions have taken place and do take place. So,
2: Father, is it because this is such a holy place that it makes it a number one target for Lucifer? Or is it that there is a disease or a cancer within the Vatican uh, makes it sound like Watergate? <coughs> I'll tell you what I think, uh, Art. It is that amongst Luciferian organisations there is a prophecy
1: that if they can invade the system, that's their name for the Vatican, they will have power for a thousand years. How close are they? Very close. Very close. I've heard about that. For a thousand close. years, I've heard about that. Thousand. Yes, frighteningly close. And um, only, uh, I tell you, quite honestly, to be quite frank with you, only Christ can save this organization. I can save the church, because the organization is shot, as far as I'm concerned. And I'm a very faithful Roman Catholic priest. But I know we're in, as I said before, to make it easy to uh, hear it, we're in deep doo-doo. Well, Father, when you you say this
2: kind of thing, I can only imagine how it resonates uh, at, at the Vatican.
1: Well, they get very itchy and antsy about it, of course. Itchy <laughs> and, I, I, and antsy. I get all sorts of complaints and statements, but when it comes down to brass tacks, across the table, they say, yeah, you're right. So we, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. And we don't know what to do. And only Christ himself and the Blessed Virgin, his mother, who has a function in all this, can save uh, the organization the Holy Roman Catholic Church itself. The church itself is again composed of people in a state of grace and that's the bride of Christ, the mystical body. But the organization is in trouble, deep trouble.
0: And this is it how makes many me feel you know? so uh, powerless to hear that. I but, no, it shouldn't. I, 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 I sympathize.
1: I know I empathize with you. But the point is this, that you know what's happening really? The quickening. And the quickening is the process is this,
0: that finally
1: we're being driven Mm -hmm. to turn to Christ and say, save us. You are our God. You are our Savior. Show us what we do. Solve our problems. Solve our immigration problems. Solve our refugee problems. Mm. Solve our population problems. Solve our missile, nuclear
0: missile
1: problems. Solve our inherent hatred of each other. Solve our problems, because we will commit, we will commit global suicide if you don't come and save us. And the quick thing I post is that men are finally going to rush around looking for solutions, and finally raise their hands and say, "Come, save us, be our savior once again." Well, I that's think quickening. Yeah, it's a quickening, and I,
2: I think that. It's not the end of the world, Father, um, but I think there's going to be a change, there's going to be a big event. I don't know when, I don't know what, and I, I don't know from where. I wish I, I could say I did. I just know it's
1: coming. Yeah, it is coming. I, uh, I think that uh, you shortly will get some great light on that art, especially if you notice events taking place in Rome. Uh, about a week or ten days from now.
2: I'll watch carefully. I, I think that something will take place. I don't know. I'm not a prophet. A week by ten days. Name. That's a short call. Wildcard Line, you're on the air with Father Martin. Hi.
4: Hi, uh, superb program uh, this evening, Art. Um, Thank you. Father Martin. Yes, sir. Uh, are you familiar with a book, uh, of, of Enoch? Um, it was translated by uh, Richard, uh, Archbishop of Cassell, uh, Richard Lawrence. Yes, I You think it's authentic? authentic, but it doesn't belong
1: to the canon of the Bible. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Right. I think it's authentic, all right.
4: But it, it, the church never numbered it amongst its special Bible texts. Uh, I think there's uh, reasons why it, uh, obvious uh, magnitude. It, it's quite an, out, uh, an outstanding book. Yes, it is. And it goes into the fallen angel, what had actually occurred. That's right. Uh, during the flood and before the flood. That's right. And the church has adopted all that doctrine. You know. And and the the, the, the angel Azazel, Azazel. Right. Yes, in 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 the new, uh, newly released uh, transcripts of the Dead Sea Scrolls, it yeah. goes into uh, how this particular angel mis- uh, basically corrupted all species. The, the angel misgenated right. with him. That's right. That's now that's would right. that not be a a a, 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 a uh, answer for? For things like uh, dinosaurs, that's right, or something like that. Yeah, it does. It answers many questions that people
1: are still scratching their heads over in the evolution of man, and the evolution of of animals, and the evolution of the world from the beginning. All right, that'll have to do it,
2: uh, Connor. Thank you very much, Father. Hold on, we'll be right back from the high desert. Yes. Ah, uh, you're still there, holding up, all of right? Of course. My goodness, <laughs> This is a lovely morning. It is a pretty morning. It's a lovely morning, Art. Alright, uh, off we go to the races then. Um, on the first time caller line, you're on the air with Father Martin. Hi. Yes, it's an honor to
0: be talking to both of you, Father and Art. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very nice. One of my questions is, what is the best thing we can do to protect our family
5: from the from the devil? And the other one would be, uh, I'm in a Catholic faith and it says there's only one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. But then my brother, he's been something else, born again, uh, where they're baptized twice. Yes.
1: Uh, what is the difference? Uh, there's no difference as, regards, uh, as far as God is concerned. Once you're baptized, you're baptized. And if you're baptized, it has got rid of any original sin in you, and you're a child of God. And you belong to Christ, and you can benefit from your salvation. The second baptism is... Uh, adding cream to the cake but it doesn't mean that you get it may mean, it may mean that you get an increase of grace but it does not mean that uh, you are baptized all over again once baptism takes place you are baptized and once is enough. Father, he asked about also how he could protect his family from evil that's a big question Chief, I'll tell you something and I'm sure you can echo this I had a very good father and mother. There were nine children, by the way. And of course, they taught us our We were taught by the nuns and taught by the, the fathers and taught by the teachers in the school in Ireland. This was in rural Ireland in the 1920s and 30s. Okay, uh, they taught a formal religion. But all I really learned about virtual religion, I learned from watching my father and mother. I didn't know I was watching. I didn't know I was learning, but I was learning. I learned what anger was, what patience was, what compassion was, what sorrow was, um, what purity was, what good behavior was, what politeness was, uh, what uh, humanness was. uh, I I imitated everything I saw. And uh, that's where I really learned. So first thing is the example. The example you give your children. And number two, there is formal instruction. Uh, I was shocked a few weeks ago, when I'm about to say mass in Long Island, that's the four masses I was best- putting on my vestments, several people came up and said, "Will I hear that confession, which I did. And some of them were young, 18 teenagers, 18 year olds. And the old people, there was no difficulty. You give them a penance, they could say the prayers, let make an act after- of contrition. The young people didn't know the act after- of contrition. didn't know how to say I'm sorry to God, and didn't know what they, they couldn't recite the Hail Mary or the Father. Now tell me, come on. You know, if you don't instruct people in prayer, how they went to pray. So it's instruction, but it's primarily example. And then there's one more thing out which we have lost completely. The consciousness of what we can do as parents. A father or a mother has, according to Christian tradition and Catholic tradition, has the power of giving a blessing to their children. Literally, a blessing. It's not quite the blessing a priest gives. But it's a more powerful because it's the blessing of a father or a mother. And how do you do? You make the sign of the cross in the forehead with your thumb and say, I bless you. I give you my blessing as your mother. I give you my blessing as your father. And on top of all that, there is this privilege of parents, that Christian parents, uh, they can ask God for special favors for their children. Uh, and God will grant it to a parent when he won't grant it to other people. Why? because of the parents' position. That's so, really something I've yeah, remembered. Yeah, it is. But we've lost that whole theology has been wiped out by our, by our sort of uh, our garbage today. But that's that's Christian tradition. That's how you guard these children and how you preserve them and teach them to get down on their knees
2: let's pray to God. All right. Uh, Wildcard line, you're on the air with uh, Father Malachi Hi, Martin. Hi, where are you, please?
4: Uh, I'm in Spokane. Good morning.
2: Good morning. Good
5: morning to you? Um, I oh, I'm just speechless now. All of a sudden, I've been waiting, but um, two of uh-huh. my favorite men in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Neither of you is available. <laughs> but uh, what I was curious to know if you might comment any further
1: on um, I think it was it Archbishop Malongo. Oh, Milingo. Milingo. Yes. M- Emmanuel Milingo. He's an African bishop, and he's been, he's engaged at the present moment in a, a verbal dispute with people in the Vatican, because Milingo is a very honest man, and he calls a spade, a spade. Sometimes he calls it a bloody shovel, but that's just, that's, that's just his, his manner. He's almost Irish in that sense, although he's a native African. And he objects to something Art referred to a short while ago, and uh, this is, uh, one of our, one of our uh, speakers, one of our uh, people, call, one of our callers referred to, namely the practice of Satanism or Luciferianism amongst Vatican people. And there's no doubt about it. does. It and Malingo has emphasized this because he's run up against it. Uh-huh. Because uh, the behavior of Vatican church men in Africa and in Rwanda, has not been exemplary, and Malinga um, was attacking them. Um, He's very
4: honest man, man.
5: Okay, also I was wondering if, uh, now I'm kind of a, well, a lapsed Catholic, I guess. Yes. Um, I am also curious to know, and I'm kind of ignorant when it comes to this, but something to do with a uh, secret debt, something secret to do with the and the secret- debt? Secret debt? I'm sorry, what? Did you say a secret debt?
1: Oh no, no, no. Um, the secret that, that was supposed to be revealed Oh, 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 never uh, been the revealed? Fatima secret Yes Yes, the Fatima secret is something that was written down by the person who received this secret information uh, back in the 1930s and the 20s uh, and the, the person who wrote it down is still alive her name is Lucia and she's a nun in uh, in, in Spain in Coimbra she's a Carmelite nun and it's called The Third Secret and it was sent over to the Pope and according to the instructions that Lucia got Sister Lucia got from the Blessed Virgin Mary she says and claims and we all accepted it, it was the Pope of 1960 who was supposed to reveal the secret and do and follow out the instructions do what it said hmm. the Pope of 1960 was the good Pope John the 23rd he refused to do that. He refused to obey Our Lady. He refused the mandate of heaven. He refused to publish the secret and he refused to do what it said. And uh, consequently, consequently, uh, we're in trouble. That's roughly the third secret. Now, what's the third secret? It's rather a dire document, uh, ma'am. It's not pleasant reading at all. Uh, I'm under oath not to reveal the actual details of it because I read it. You read it? I read it. I I, I can't break my oath in that matter, but it is not pleasant reading at all. Does this involve a chastisement? Yes. Several. Several.
2: All right, there... I'm not going to name the specific instance, Father. Yes. But you and I once talked of something... That you said must not be spoken of. That's right. And you just now referred to another thing that must not be spoken of. Are there many things, secrets, or things that you know of the type you and I talked about and others that just simply may not be discussed? That's right. There are uh, not a plethora, not a multitude, but certain things. You can make a list of them. All right, we'll leave it right there, and the audience can read where they want to. Yeah. East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Hello, Mr. Bell, Father
3: Martin. Hello there. What's on your mind? Uh, for one thing, uh, making a long story short, I've had a deep inner knowledge, much like uh, you gentlemen have about certain things, that the Antichrist would rise up through the Catholic Church, Yes. And the whole purpose of it is to turn over the church to Lucifer. Yes. Also, that the Antichrist may not necessarily be male, uh-huh. but may be female. Uh-huh. In addition, I've had a number of what you would call preternatural experiences most of my life. And I discovered when I was 16 that under certain conditions, uh, I seem to be able to control the weather. Uh-huh. And uh, I wonder, well, I mean, why does the church always say that things that, if you know, powers like this, they always come from the devil?
1: Well, never did they come from God. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not so much that uh, uh, properly instructed judgment would not say that to you, sir. What they would say is that the use of it must be governed by the pri- godly principles you can have a gift like Edmund Casey had a gift yes. I know people with extraordinary gifts oh, yes. of what we call second sight and they really have I know for instance one person who can cure certain diseases by the touch and they they, they, they keep it very carefully hidden from people they don't want to be mobbed they don't want to make money on it Yes. but they utilize the gift according to the will of God I know other people with gifts preternat- we call them preternatural gifts and they use them to abuse Do you understand me? Yes, oh yes, Father. So, so, uh, so, I I think there's a question of what what use you make of them, and are you submissive to God? How will we know,
2: how will you know, if the church is literally taken over and that thousand years begins, how will we know? We will know by
1: this a series of facts which amounts to the following, that the basic beliefs of Christianity are played down to ground zero and do not matter any longer in the normal life of society and of nations, where those who are supposed to be the custodians, supposed to be the administrators of the word and distributors of his grace, where they have stopped all that and have taken to completely secular terms. We'll know it by that. And rather overnight art, as far as I can see, the quickening <laughs> uh-huh. such a well chosen word. It it suddenly will dawn on people, hey hey, this thing has completely arrive.
2: Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. Uh so we will we
1: will know. We will because you see uh, there's this abiding thing. If the grace of Jesus, our Lord, is with us, he will tell us. He won't use words. We will know in our souls. We will know.
2: I believe, I believe worldwide, statistics show, Father, that attendance at traditional church service has, yes. has dropped dramatically. Uh, dramatically. However, dramatically. however um, attendance at some of the more um, radical uh, belief churches has gone up. Yes, it has. It has.
1: There's an in-gathering of people collecting together when they find themselves believing the same thing against the current secularism, the current hedonism, mm-hmm. the current corruption. And as I've my own church art in the Roman Catholic organization, we now have the spectacle in this country of the underground church. The underground church? Yeah. What is that, Father? Bishops, priests, chapels, nuns, schools that do not come within the scope of the normal diocese. All out of the country. I by the way I often say it, but it's true, if the American bishops, all two hundred and eighty of them, knew how far the underground church had gone, they would have diarrhea. Well I'm having it just hearing that. <laughs> don't don't it's a consoling fact. These are good people who decided that, like Mary Magdalene, they had taken away the body of the Lord and they couldn't find it. And they want a valid priest to say valid masses and administer valid sacraments. And they don't want some person organizing them with enneagrams or promoting uh, remote viewing in their sermons or uh, advocating completely uh, pornographic sex ed for their children in schools. Somebody said, no, we won't do that. We'll have our own homeschooling. We'll have our own chapels. So, are we close to a day, then, when
2: everything is upside down and inside out, including, yeah. including the church?
1: That's the quick thing. The church organization, yes. Uh, I always make that distinction out because there's this firm belief amongst Christians that the body of Christ, composed of those in His grace and the grace of Jesus, whether they're in heaven or in purgatory or on earth, but in a state of grace, that they form His church, as St. Paul calls it his bride, without spot or wrinkle. Then there is the organization, the visible organization, supposed to incarnate that. At the present moment, that organization is going down to our regret. It's going down. There are lots of good people in it, but as an organization, it's going down. It's like a wood with a forest dying out with fresh young saplings.
2: Um, West of the Rockies, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Hello. Hi,
0: this is Jack in Seattle. It's good to talk to you, Father Martin. I happen to be a a member of a different faith, but I've always been fascinated when you've been on the show. My question is, I'm 40 years old, and there's been so much talk, even in my own faith, of this being the last days and the second coming being just around the corner. And I find I have a really hard time preparing for the future when I think about things like retirement. I think that the world is not going to be the same when it's time for me to retire. I have a hard time I want to prepare spiritually, but when I think about preparing financially in the way that most people do, it's hard for me. Do you think it's really that close?
1: No, I, I'll tell you what I do think, sir, honestly. And you're asking my personal opinion, but I'll also give you what normal church doctrine would be. For instance, you will know if it's the second coming because the Antichrist would have come. And you will know the Antichrist has come by two things, chief things. First of all, he will be a human figure. And secondly, he can solve all our problems. He will have human wisdom. And thirdly, the last note, which is the most important, he we will adore him as God. At least a lot of people will. And he will accept to be adored as God. Once that happens, you know the Antichrist has come and he's in power and he's solving our problems, not in a godly way, but solving them. And after that, then comes the second coming. Well, that's one thing, it... come blow away at the mouth. So sorry. Um that's one thing that, that also
0: makes me wonder then, could it possibly be um Lucifer that makes me think
1: that I don't want to be prepared for Yes, future? of course it is. It's a temptation. But I'll tell you, the fact that you even talk about it means that Christ is speaking in your heart. And giving you the grace. Do you understand me? Yes. And uh, of course listen, you and I, and I'm sure I will agree, it's impossible for us to financially because we don't know how the finances of the world are going. If They seem to be marvels, and then suddenly, you know, Mr. Greenspan speaks and there uh, are difficulties uh, and we don't know how, what the money is going to be like. There is a quickening also economically oh, because yes. now we're globalized and everything. Oh, yes. But, uh, so uh, there is a great uncertainty and we have a great unsurety about us. Uh, but uh, this is
2: still God's world. We have uh, now entered a time economically when literally trillions of dollars electronically flash across the world by satellite uh, every night as we sleep, right. as we wake. It's incredible what's going on. You said, Father, the Antichrist is alive now. Yes. Immortally. Yes. As, yes. as, as a mortal. Yes. Well, now, that would indicate to me that
4: in our lifetimes, the Antichrist will mature and will begin his reign the, the, well I'll tell you don't
1: ask me don't ask me to tell you why I say this or why I, I speak like this but um, not necessarily there there has to be a sudden preparation for his debut for his appearance it must come to the point that we are humanly without a solution of some grave problem that has arisen which threatens to wipe us all out is to liquidate human society as we have known it for 2,000 years and liquidate all of our culture. We have very little of it left, but we still have a good substantial part of our civilization still standing. Some crisis that would make us welcome him. Yes. And we say, my God, you are our savior. You are God. You must be God. And yes,
2: say, indeed. say, yes, I am. Uh, indeed. Um, well, I... Uh, I don't know what to say about that, except that uh, I'm—I guess I'm concerned that it will occur in our lifetimes. I wish I could say yeah or nay for that art. I can't. Right. I can't. And, and no man shall know. All right, Father, stand by. We'll get right back to you. All right, everybody. Again, I'll say it one more time. All right, back now uh, to Father Malachi Martin in Manhattan, where I suspect the sun is beginning to slowly uh, it's yes, announce itself. It's already opening up everything. In our heart. So All it's right. So beautiful. Well I uh yes it is beautiful. It's nice to see it come up every day. It's oh, it's uh, lovely. <laughs> it's, it really is lovely. It's reassuring. Yes, so reassuring. Uh first time caller line, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin.
3: Hi. Yo, yes, hello. All right. Yes, sir. Um my name is Jason. I'm calling from K E X Country Portland, Oregon. Yes, sir. Hi. And I have a question for Father Martin. Yes, okay. Jason. Uh, first of all, let me tell you, I'm a, I am am a Catholic, mm-hmm. and hopefully if everything goes right, I'll be entering seminary in the fall. Oh, shit. What uh, seminary? Mount Angel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the question is, is um, I find today a lot of people really don't think that there is truly a tangible evil out there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And
1: uh, do you think it's just become, people have become too desensitized? Oh, yes. Uh, Besides, this is a very good PR job about Lucifer. I mean, uh, the the best spy is somebody you don't know is a spy. The best enemy in this society is the one you don't know is the enemy. Right. And work in private. And uh, the PR job about the devil. You see, Jason, a lot of people, they picture the devil as a uh, old guy with uh, sloven hoops and uh, with uh, yellow eyes and a filthy body and these dirty books under his arm. Not that at all. He's a very, very urbane and polished gentleman, if you want to call him a gentleman. Okay. And uh, he inserts himself very subtly and with skill and never shocking <laughs> into your soul and your heart. Um, so, uh, Father Martin, but, uh, people have lost that.
3: They'll have to get it back. Um, Father Martin, oh, where can I write to you? Uh,
1: following address, take it. 217 East 66 new york new york 10021 give it again father it's 217 217 east 66th street new york new york 10021 did you get that caller yes it is thank you very much Eric. all right thank
2: okay, you. Sir. take care any advice for uh, young men who would be headed to the seminary
1: yes pick your seminary very carefully uh, not all seminaries are good. Not all seminaries are even Christian. And not all Catholic seminaries are Catholic. Wow. Well, how, how, you go and talk to them. You go find out, uh, with the professors. Talk to the professors and find out, do you like them? Are they saying what they should say? Are they giving traditional doctrine? Or are they inventing things? And then when you, when you go for your, usually in the seminaries today, Art, you won't believe this. I know you will. Your tender soul. But in most seminaries today that I know of, in this area and elsewhere, you have three committees to face. First of all, there's the academic committee, wants to find out, have you got your exams? You know, are you capable of doing the rest of the studies, philosophy and theology in preparation for priesthood? Number two, then you have the... Um, have the, 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 the
5: I'm listening. He has so many
0: battles to fight, sir. I know he wow. has. I know he has. And he's on my short list of uh, people to be paid for, and he's number one of
5: us moment. So many of us pray for his well-being, sir. Thank you. Secondly, I had the extreme honor as the soldier of God. I met Mother Teresa. Oh. When she came, if you recall, to the United Nations to accept the Nobel yeah. Peace Prize, yeah. she asked if they would please melt it down for the precious metals to give to the poor. Mm-hmm. And if people want to look uh, to see what good is on earth, uh, she is such a beloved child of God. She, she does represent does. the good, she sure does. And the third one, sir, for all them to, to know, I am aware, but just for them to hear, can you please expand and tell them why Lucifer
1: could never win over God? Because first of all, He is now a prisoner of God. Secondly, he only knows what God allows him to know. And thirdly, he only does what God allows him to do. So then Lucifer is a tool of God? Yep. Uh, Listen, uh, 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 when you have a moment, Art, open the book of Job. The first page, first chapter. God is talking with his children. And Lucifer, Satan, as it's called there, passes by. And God says, how goes it? And he's fine. And uh, Satan says, well, you know, uh, there's your servant Job. Oh, he serves you well because he's got bees and cattle and pigs and farms and children and he's prosperous. But you let me just touch him and I'll show you how faithless he will be. And God says, okay, he's yours if you can take a lot of people don't know it. The book of Job is a play. It was written as a play in South Semitic language. And uh, uh, and Job's name, Job, the name itself, means God loves him. Yab, as they say in the South Semitic. Now, um, that's that's the way God uses him. Does God use him as a tool? Yes, he does. He does. He does. Because that's God's to your world. He wanted a world in which he could exercise mercy, and which he would be loved for himself freely by people who weren't robots and weren't
2: slaves. Alright, here's one, something I want to ask you. I've always wanted to ask a priestess, and mm-hmm. since here you are, I'm going to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it relates to the life of uh, people like yourself, yeah. and it relates certainly to the lives of young women. Yes. who are in Catholic schools. There's a yes. joke that goes around that there is no young lady wilder than a young Catholic lady <laughs> fresh out of Catholic school or even still in Catholic school. Yes. And it, it, it's this, this very strict religious life. And, of course, young people rebel. Of course, even older people rebel. Of course. But uh, young people, above all, there's a period of rebellion. Above all, yes, sir. So... Um, you know, there's some, probably some substance uh, to that, and I wonder how the church looks at that. In other words, do they worry that they create uh, a temptation
1: by, uh... yes, by suppression? Yes, sir. Yes, they do. And the wiser among them are always seeking an answer that they haven't yet found it, by the way. Uh, they haven't yet found the answer that the, the via media, the middle way between repression and training it's very difficult. There are one or two colleges here in the United States that seem to be hitting very near the golden mean in that case. There's a place in Ojai, California, and there's a place in Connecticut called Magdalen College. And they both seem to be very near that middle ground where there's not repression, but there is training. Yes. And that's the beautiful thing. If you can do it, But there's no doubt about it. The, the, that figure of the wild Catholic... <laughs> Well, she gets out of the conference, you know. Yes. It's it it's almost a caricature, but it's true. Uh huh. I thought so.
2: East of the Rockies, you're on the air with Father Malachi Martin. Good morning. Good morning, Archdome. Good morning,
5: Malachi. My Good morning. Is, How are you? Hi. I, my name is Bill. I'm calling from West Hartford, Connecticut. Okay, Bill. Uh, I have two questions for you, Malachi. First, let me <laughs> say I am an atheist and proud of an it—a logical, rational, scientific-minded atheist. Yes. yes. Question number one. Uh, let me form a question and I have a second question. I'll ask them both at the same time. Yes. Uh, question number one, when you said, uh, if I can paraphrase, you sort of paraphrase, yes. you, something yes. like something like uh, that God does not want people to be robots but with to, to free will accept him or reject but, him, but, um, free will to be good or be bad, etc., etc., That sounds to me like a good rationalization for someone who believes in, of course, as you do in a God, and a devil, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, what I'm trying to say, I'll form a question, question number one, isn't that a a a rationalized way of saying what I would say as a non-believing atheist, that it's just a natural world where there is good and evil, people are good, people are evil, some people, some are good, some are evil, some are in between, that's question number one. So in other words, when you say that God gave us free will to be good or bad,